Our scripture text comes from Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. Do not be in debt to anyone except for the obligation to love each other. Whoever loves another person has fulfilled the law. The commandments, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't desire what other have, and any other commandments are all summed up in one word. You must love your neighbor as yourself. Love doesn't do anything wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is what fulfills the law. As you do all of this, you know what time it is. The hour has already come for you to wake from your sleep. Now salvation is nearer than when we first had faith. The night is almost over and the day is near. So let's get rid of the actions that belong to the darkness and put on the weapons of light. Let's behave appropriately as people who live in the day, not in partying or getting drunk, nor in sleeping around or obscene behavior, not in fighting or an obsession. Instead, dress yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and don't plan to indulge your selfish desires. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue in our walk and journey through the book of Romans and uh, and we've come kind of to, to some of the sum up stuff, right? We have this week and just one more week in Romans. And, and here Paul, Paul has, has talked in the beginning of, of Romans 13, the, the part we didn't read. And he's talked a lot about how the, the person ought to relate to the civil authorities around them. Right? So, so we've heard all this, and, and Paul talks about, about what it means for, for people who have been redeemed by Christ, who, who call no God but, but God, right? Who, who say that our Lord and Savior is not Caesar, it's not Rome, but rather it is Jesus Christ. And yet, and yet Paul talks about how we ought to get along with the people around us. And we talked a little bit about this last week, and we'll talk a little bit more about this next week. But, but how Paul basically says, in as much as it relates to us, and as we can, we ought to live at peace with the people around us. And here Paul, Paul gets back into kind of our relationship and, and how, how we as the people of God, how the, how the church at Rome is to deal with, with laws and rules and regulations. Now, now, many of you may know this, that um, when we talk about the Old Testament law or the, um, the law that we have and what we call the Old Testament, there are lots of things in there, right? There, there are roughly 613 commandments in the, in the Old Testament law. Now, that's a lot. And, and those laws span everything. I mean, they, they, they span from things like what happens if you find mildew in your house? Did you know there's a law about that? To, to more weighty matters about how to approach God with sacrifices and offerings, right? The people of, of God had, had laws about everything, and there were many things that would direct their everyday life. But, but something happens when Jesus Christ enters the scene, at least as Paul talks about it. Paul tells the Romans that... In Christ, they are no longer under the law. And that those who have come to Christ, especially those from outside of the Jewish people, are not bound to follow the law of the Jewish people. And, and we see this various places in the New Testament. It's not just Paul, right? It, the early church, when they're wrestling with what it means to be a person who follows Jesus Christ as Messiah, they wrestle with, should we ask people who were not Jews before to become Jews in order to follow Jesus? Because he is a Messiah from the Jewish people. And ultimately, the early church decided, no, we, we're just going to put a couple things on them. We're basically going to ask them to refrain from, from participating in the cultic worship of, of the pagan gods around us, right? They said, don't eat meat that's been sacrificed to idols or that has blood in it, and, and don't 
engage in sexual immorality, all things that were associated with the cults all around the people of God. And so we we enter this time where Paul says we're not underneath the law, and yet we have to admit that there are things that are in Scripture that, that we're just not told how to deal with. Right, so we have this church at Rome and they're, and they're dealing with being faithful to Jesus in the midst of, of, of everything from Caesar telling them to offer sacrifices to Rome and to the pagan gods all the way to, to how to deal with one another, how to deal with other Christians. And, and it brings up all these sorts of questions of, of how then should we live if we're not under the law? How do we know and understand what it is to do? And Paul has already called the people to know and to understand and to do the perfect will of God. Right? He says, do not be conformed, but be transformed. And as you renew your mind, you will know what is the good and perfect will of God. And so there are some things that we know that we, we come up against where we look at it and we say, I know what to do, right? There are things in our life, like we know that we shouldn't steal. We know that we shouldn't kill people. We know that we shouldn't take what isn't ours. We, we know kind of generally speaking how to interact and react to other people. But there are issues for us and, and even for the early Romans where it was just a question of what are we supposed to do? Again, you have the Romans who, who are told to submit to authorities, but what happens when, when the authority says you must make sacrifice to Caesar? What should we do? That was not an obvious question for them. There was no clear distinction in the first century between civic religion and civic responsibility and their religious duties. For ancient Rome, it was all one and the same. You, you, you forwarded politics through religion and vice versa. Religion was politics, politics was religion. And so you have a people who say, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to understand? What, what happens when things come up that we just don't know how to deal with? What happens when new situations arise that Jesus didn't talk about? Believe it or not, Jesus didn't talk about whether we should be Republican or Democrat or neither. I, I don't read that anywhere in the Gospels. And so the question is, how do we approach issues? And how do, how do the Romans approach issues that, that really aren't spelled out very clearly? So what are we to do? And essentially, what Paul says here in Romans chapter 13 is when you don't know what to do, do this. When you don't know what to do, love. When you don't know how to react, love. Now that sounds awfully simple, does it not? It sounds simple for us to say, well, all you need is love. I mean, I feel like that's somebody said that somewhere, right? Well, Jesus said it first and Paul said it second. It, it took a couple thousand years for John, Paul, and Ringo to get it. But we say, all you need is love. We hear that from Paul and we go, okay, that's great, Paul. What is love? Right? So, so when we say love, like, if you ask me, do you like pizza? I'll say, no, I love pizza. I don't think that's what Paul means. That's not the kind of love Paul is talking about, I don't think. Right, so, so what is love? How are we to understand love? We know that love is the basis of all we do. In fact, what, what Paul says, if we don't know what to do, then we should love. And, and if we love, if we truly love in this way that Paul is talking about, then we have fulfilled the law. Again, this is not the first time we've heard this. 
right? Do you remember somebody asked Jesus a question, right? What is the greatest commandment? What does Jesus say? Love God, love your neighbor. On this hangs all the law and the prophets. Jesus said it first, right? At the root of everything, at the root of the law lies love, lies this, this, this idea of giving and self-sacrifice. This is what undergirds absolutely everything that God is about is love. And Paul has talked about this, right? How does God demonstrate God's love for us? How does God save us? Well, it's an act of love. God demonstrates God's love for us for, well, in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Love. So we know that we're supposed to love. But for me, the broader question is, what does this love look like? Because right? love is not simply just saying, whatever you want goes, because I love you. That, that's not really the definition of love. It's certainly not the definition that, that Paul gives or that Jesus gives about love. Right? Love is not wishy-washy. Love is not just pointless sentimentality. Love, love is not a romantic comedy, right? Maybe part of what a romantic comedy is, but that's really not how we want to define love. And so the question says, what is love? How do we know what love is? Well, surely, I think, as a people of God and as those who follow the crucified Messiah... We define love by the crucified Messiah. We define love, if we want to know what love is, if we want to know what love looks like, if we want to know how to love, if we want to know how to love our neighbor, where do we look? We look to Jesus. For Jesus is God's demonstration of love. Jesus is God's demonstration of love to us. If we want to know what divine love looks like, which we're called to have, love like God, we're to look at no one other and no place other than the crucified and risen Messiah. So what does love look like? Well, love looks like Jesus. Now, I've seen a few romantic comedies, and they don't often look much like Jesus. So this comes back to this idea that we are not folded and molded by the cultures of our day and by what our day says about what love might be. We're molded and transformed by the renewing of our minds as we look to Jesus and allow the spirit to work in us and to define and show us what love is. Now, we should be careful because we often do bad things and we say, well, it's because I love you. We often hurt people in the name of love or yell at people in the name of love. And, and, and that may sound strange or odd, but, but think about it a little bit. I'm hurting you because I love you. Blessed are the wounds of a friend. We use that oftentimes to cover up being mean. So what does love look like? How, how do we love? Well, we love as Jesus loves, and we default to that each and every time. Saying I love you is not an excuse for being mean. It's an, it's an excuse or a reason for us to look deep in ourselves and saying, is my action coming from genuine care and love for the other, or is my action coming from whatever else and whatever motivation? Is my action coming because I want to be right? I don't know about you. I like being right. 
I like fighting for being right. I love to argue. You may not know that about me, but I really do like to argue because I like to be right. I know lots of useless information and I like to tell people because I like to be right. I like it when someone says, what does this word mean? And I can, because I like to be right. Sometimes my motivation is not love. It's I want to be right or I want you to think the way I think and I want you to act the way I act. But when we don't know what to do, and sometimes when we think we know what to do, we need to ask ourselves, is this love? It's not to say that, that we can just ignore all of our ethics because of love, but all of our ethical decisions and everything we believe ought to be rooted and grounded in the love of God revealed in Christ and our love for the world that stems and flows from that. So how do we know what love is? Well, John tells us. This is how we know what love is. Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. We can say, love your neighbor as yourself, and think it's pretty easy. Until we read words like these. We know what love is because Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Think for a moment what it means for Jesus to lay down his life for us. Was Jesus wrong? Did Jesus deserve to go to the cross? Did Jesus have every right to get out of it? He did. The Romans were wrong and Jesus was right. Yeah, we would say that. And yet Jesus submits to death, even death on a cross. Those who accused him of blasphemy were wrong, and Jesus was right. And yet he submits even to death, death on a cross. Jesus gives up his own right to be right for the sake of the people who were wrong. That's some kind of love that really rocks my world. That's the kind of love where I say, I love my neighbor as myself, and I have to think, do I really? But God demonstrates God's love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, and we are called to love in the same way. Is that heavy? Absolutely. Is that a pretty weighty responsibility? Absolutely. Freedom from the law is costly. Having rules to tell us what we can and can't do is easy. Having to go, what can I do to love my neighbor as myself, is much, much harder. Freedom is always harder. But we are free in Christ, free from the old ways of being, and free to love one another as Christ has loved us. I mean, we could go elsewhere and we could talk about, about Paul in Philippians as he says, what? In love, consider others not just as equal as yourself, but as more important than yourself. That's heavy. 
but God demonstrates God's love for us in that. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, we had some people baptized today. And if you recall, and if you were listening, in that baptismal covenant was the question, do you agree or do you believe that you have submitted yourself to Jesus Christ and do you commit to growing in grace and following him all the days of your life? That is not just saying, I will abstain from certain things and then I'm good. That is a commitment to love. And when you all said you agreed to do the same, it was a commitment to love. To lay down our lives for one another. So when you don't know what to do, look to Jesus. When you read on social media a post and go, I should respond to this, look to Jesus. Perhaps your first response is not the one that is best. When this political season gets really up and going and we're tempted to look at our neighbors across the aisle and damn them for whatever we might damn them for. Maybe we should take a second and look to the cross. How would Jesus have me deal with someone who I vehemently disagree with? Would he have me call them names, throw them under the bus, reject them out of hand? How would Jesus call me to love? Paul's not saying there's no other ethical considerations out there. He's not even saying that there's no other like absolute right and wrong. He's just saying when we don't know what to do, love. If we default to love, the love that God has for us and that, and that, and that Christ had for us, then we will rarely, if ever, go wrong. An act in genuine love, genuine, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, will rarely, if ever, go wrong. And so Paul tells us, owe nothing to anyone except the debt to love one another. Honor, shame, debt stuff, that was big in the first century culture. And so, so for, for Paul to say, owe nothing to anyone except to love them is huge. That's what he says, owe nothing to anyone except the debt that never goes away. And that is our responsibility to love one another. To love one another as Christ has loved us. So great a love has been lavished on us that it overflows. Sometimes we forget the great love that Christ has lavished on us. But so great was his love that he said, I don't need to be right. I am willing to suffer even death and a painful and horrible one at that for the sake of the people who are currently spitting at me. That's what Jesus said that they might know God, I am willing to suffer ultimate humiliation. That is the love that has been lavished on us. And that is the love 
that we are called to have for one another. Is it easy? No, it's not. I think I'd be foolish and lying if I said otherwise. It's not easy. Is it possible? Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe 100% that what God calls us to, God enables us to. I believe 100% that if God says, brothers and sisters, children, love one another, he sends us and gives us the spirit that enables us and empowers us to love, not just grudgingly, but genuinely, so that we see the whole world differently, not as enemies to be opposed, but as people for whom Christ died. Because I'm a people for whom Christ died. And we are all in this together. Equally graced. Equally offered the gift of salvation. And our desire in love is to see each and every person around us receive that. And more often than not, it's the loving response and not the other way around that shows them. For as we've talked about many, many times, we are we're many Christs. We're Christians. We bear his name. We're a flavor of the kingdom. And what a better flavor of the kingdom for someone who doesn't know Jesus to taste and receive than an act of genuine love. For God demonstrates God's love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so my encouragement and my challenge today is brothers and sisters, let us love one another. Let us love one another. Let's look around this room and say, let's love one another. And as, as, as crazy as it may seem for this many people to genuinely love one another, imagine if we all left here and just loved everyone else around us as Christ loved us. That's a taste of the kingdom right there. So brothers and sisters, let us love one another. For his kingdom is a kingdom built on, defined, and shown by love. John writes this, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So in love, let us serve, care, and love one another. The worship team is going to come back up and we're going to sing a final song. And the song is Hear the Call of the Kingdom. A call for us to genuinely love one another and to love the world around us. Love isn't always easy. In fact, oftentimes it's hard. Sometimes love says truth. But love always gives of oneself for the sake of the other. Love says what I do is for the sake of the beloved or the one receiving love. God has shown us in Christ how to love. So dear friends, let's hear the call of the kingdom and love one another. Will you please stand?